Let's look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Who's been added? Who's been dropped? Who should have been added? Who should have been dropped? Let's look at everything that's happening across the fantasy basketball waiver wire landscape. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I could really smash a jaffle right now. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Be a double banger. You know what to do. You watch the video. You listen to the audio. And if you are here on video, you subscribe. You hit the notification bell. You give it a thumbs up and you leave a comment. And if you had the notification bell already checked, you would have seen that I've already released a show discussing the Pascal Siakam trade heading across to Indiana. That has happened. That is done. You'll see a little link up the top here if you're watching. Go check that out. It's on audio as well, so you'll see that reaction over there too. Won't be a pregame show today, I'm almost certain, because time and adding that extra show in, which is not just me talking for 20 minutes, other stuff goes into it. Um, So that's all done. All the projections have obviously updated over at Basketball Monster. And that's where we're at with all of that. Um, Trade deadline show coming up. You know that. Thursday, February 8th, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. 20,000 people are going to be in there, aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah, 20,000 people. That's what we're going to do. Tell everyone. I know you won't. But if you do, I love you even more than I already do. Let's take a look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. What do we need to look at? I don't need to explain what must roster means at this point. I don't think. And if I do, just leave a question down below. Go, Josh, what do you mean by must roster? And somebody else can chime in. So who are we looking at for category leagues? I still believe that Alex Caruso is a must roster player. He is not going to be a big scorer, but he's so key to what the Bulls do. And when he gets hurt, you move on. That's fine. But he gets steals, he gets blocks, a couple of rebounds, some assists, he hits some threes, scores a little bit, just does bits and pieces all over the shop. Probably a top 100 player. I have still got TJ McConnell on this list. Now, this is, again, I said I wasn't going to explain it, but I am. This is short term. Must roster for short term. Yeah, the last two games for McConnell have not been great. The minutes have been down. I don't really think that Siakam arriving impacts McConnell a huge amount, but Bruce Brown leaving does because it just means there's one extra in that guard mix, which was Nembard, McConnell, Matherin, Heald, and Brown. One guy's out. So we might actually get some crossover between Nembard and McConnell, because Nembard might have to play a bit at the two at times. And all I need is 23 out of TJ, and that's very clearly must roster. You might disagree with this. That's okay. That's fine. Whatever. I think Vince Williams and Xavier Tillman are must roster players in Memphis. Vince has been awesome. His minutes were up last game. There is going to be some regression from what he's doing at the moment for sure, but I love what he's doing. He looks great as a, as a two-way guy who was an older player coming out of college, but always had really good fantasy stat translations, and he's turned it up this season for sure. Tillman, I don't... Look, I don't, there's no other center at this point. Yes, they can play Jaron at center and Aldama at the four, but how viable is that? How viable has Jaron even been around all season? I think Tillman, we roster. There can be some issues with him for sure. I've got Trey Jones on this list as a must-roster player, and I've got Bruce Brown, because I do think... Now, he could be traded like any minute, again, from Toronto somebody somewhere else. I don't necessarily think that's a guarantee. I think he fits all right on that team. He can shoot a bit. He can handle. He can pass. He can defend. 
I think his minutes are going to go up if he stays at Toronto. I would make sure that he's rostered. And then if stuff changes down the line, we we deal with it later. What do we say? Is it what at some point we need to come up with a list of commandments, have them codified with numbers, and I can refer to it. Again, I'm gonna I'll make one. I'll make a big stone template. Let's say number seven. Is it four? Is it three? I don't know. Get out ahead of it. You can say, well, let's wait to see where the Brown gets traded, then I'll decide. Just add him. I think you just add him. Maybe, maybe it doesn't work. I don't know. I just realized I didn't hit the must roster graphic, which I've, yeah, if I spent time doing it, I might as well do it. But we're going to go on to talk about people who are must rosters in points leagues now, because some of those names are the same, but sometimes the priority is a little bit different. I think I've got, I've got Vince Williams right at the top there. I've got TJ McConnell there. I've got Xavier Tillman on that list. I've got Jaden Ivey and Scoot Henderson on that list too. Now, I do believe that Jaden Ivey and Scoot Henderson are must-roster players in category leagues as well. I just have those other guys slightly ahead because there are obvious deficiencies. Both Ivey and Henderson have significant percentage problems, but they're in decent usage roles. Shaden Sharp's now out in Portland as well. Cade Cunningham remains out in Detroit, and Monty Williams has finally realized that Jaden Ivey is a point guard. Mate, if I got paid $80 million, I'd probably figure that out straight away, but what do I know? What do I know? Not much, because I'm not getting paid $80 million. I know that much. So I think Jaden Ivey and Scoot Henderson are really, really, really strong options in categories and points. And I've got the cockroach on here, Mason Plumley. I was pretty hesitant to do it, but the fact that they said he's actually on limited minutes and then he played 28 in that first game means that we're in. He is a much better points league than category league guy because he will destroy your percentages in, uh, or sorry, he will destroy your free throws in categories, but that might be fine for you as well. Also, the blocks that he got last game are completely fake. He had one block this season before yesterday's game where he had three. One for the entire year. He averaged 0.6 last season. So he's not he's not a big blocks guy. Be aware of that with Plumlee. But the fact that they played him that many minutes was interesting. Now, they could go different directions and play more Tice, which gets more Westbrook on the floor as well. But I'm okay with adding Plumlee in points leagues. I would think he's a higher priority in points than he's in categories. But those three bottom names there, Ivy, Henderson, Plumlee, are 12-team category options as well, with Ivy and Henderson being more of a must. Whereas some of the guys like a, um, a Bruce Brown and a Caruso who are on the category league list, they're, you know, they're, they're there. They're down a bit below on the must roster points, but they're not as high up. And that's the differences, really, when we're talking between the two formats as to how we, um, how we look at that. What about droppable players? Get that garbage out of here. You know that when I talk droppable, it doesn't mean that you have to. It just means they're on your roster and you're in a squeeze and you've got to make a decision that I wouldn't feel terrible about doing it. And you know, one of the other tenants on that list, maybe it's down at 15. It's a long list. It's like, once you've done it, move on. Like if you go, oh, well, I shouldn't have dropped him four weeks ago. Oh, well, it happened. Let's do something. It's like with trades, with any waiver moves you've done. Should have grabbed him. Should have. It's happened. Let's figure out why you didn't or why you did what you did. Was it foreseeable? Did it make sense? And then we move from there. So we talk waiver wire, droppable players in category leagues. I've got Shaden Sharp up the top there. Now, you don't have to do this at all. But he's out for, let's say, at least two weeks here with this abdominal issue. His second abdominal core issue over the last six weeks to two months. He has also been playing not very well. He's not a very good category league player. I don't know how long he's going to be out here. I don't know if he's going to last to the end of the season either. And if you've got full IRs, you're not holding on to a guy that maybe he has a top 80 run consistently, maybe, but I don't even know that he does. So I don't think that it needs to be a must hold. I got Bobby Portis on that list. I would have dropped him straight after Sunday's game. They play today, Wednesday, but then they don't play again until the weekend on Saturday. And with Jay Crowder returning, Portis's upside is low. Now he can be used and he can be rostered. 
but I think he's just a guy that we don't have to hold. I've got Spencer Dinwiddie on that list. It's been very clear that recently Dennis Smith has been outplaying Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't know that there is a trade of Dinwiddie coming. There might be. I don't know that there's a lineup change of Dinwiddie coming. There might be as well. But what I do know is there is an in-game trend of Dinwiddie being bad. There's a historical record of Spencer Dinwiddie being a bad category league player. And you pair that with reduced minutes. And I just want nothing to do with him in that sort of scenario. Get that garbage out of here! I actually dropped him in a 14-team league today. That's, that's where we're at. To add... You you would not believe who I added in that league. Have a guess. I'll reveal it later. Who do you think that I added when I dropped Spencer Dinwiddie today? And I'm trying to think whether it was an exact one-for-one move because I dropped like, I think I added three players and dropped three players in that league. But they're all in the same sort of day. So just have a guess who you think I added. Um, I've got Jalen Green on this list because we know what, what he does. Jollibee Jalen can score, but his minutes have been coming down. He's not efficient. The assists have been better, but it's not reliable enough. He's fine to roster, but you don't have to do it. You don't think you have to hold on in a category league. I got John Collins on that list. He had a good game two games ago, and he's just been surrounded by a bunch of below mid stuff for weeks. Can he have a good game? Sure. But him starting doesn't guarantee 30 minutes. It doesn't even guarantee 26 minutes. Might be 21, might be 24. And that's fine to use if you can pick the good game that it happens. But otherwise, it's just burning a roster spot. And the last guy on that list is the horse, Keldon Johnson. Now, again, if I'm in a 12-team league, I probably just hold a little bit. But if I'm in 10-teamer, get him out of here. He is a historically bad category league player. His value is reduced coming off the bench. His minutes are reduced coming off the bench. And he's turned back into the same old Keldon, who I do think is a significant risk to be traded. I don't know that he will be, but I think he is a risk of it. And he's not a good overall category league player. If I'm in 12 that goes slightly deeper, I would hold. I'm not, it's hard to find a player that maybe can score 20 a game. But one thing I know, the last season he was their number one option at 28 usage. Much like the other player who used to be their number one option at high usage, who's nowhere near that player anymore, DeJounte Murray. Context is really important when viewing players. Now the number one option is Wemby followed by Vassell. So Keldon just sort of floats around and he's just not a well-rounded player. So you don't have to drop Keldon Johnson, but you know what? You can. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Not only that, because that's great and all, but what we like is that it's easy and it's exciting. And you don't have to worry about going up against thousands of people. You don't have to worry about going into a Prize Picks situation and having all of these sharks and pros and people who are good coming in and taking your money. Everyone can win on price picks. Literally every single person can win at the same time. And the guys who lose are price picks because it's just you versus projections. They put a player stat up and you choose more or less. You pair between two to six of these. We don't pair. You can't pair more than two, but you combine between two to six of those into an entry and you can win up to 25 times your money back. It is so easy. It's fast. Entries are fast. Withdrawals are fast. There are so many different players and stat types that they throw out there as well. Multiple sports also. So get in on it. It is fun. Go to pricepeaks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for your first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepeaks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepeaks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. We are in 2024. Of course we are. And now, small businesses, if that's you, if you're a small business owner or someone responsible for hiring, you've got to start to decide, what are you doing this season? Not this season, this year. What are you doing in 2024? What are your goals? How do you get better? And one of the ways you get better is getting the right people in. Because staff is such a key part of any business and finding the right staff is important and often difficult, but not anymore. Because LinkedIn Jobs has access to over a billion professionals 
it's not just a regular job site. This is LinkedIn. You've got so many people on there. So you're getting your job ad out in front of so many different people, so much so that 86% of small business owners say that they find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So go across to linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. You post your job for free over there. That is linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so that will... um. Bring us back to the rest of the droppables. Get that garbage out of here. We're going to talk points league droppable players now that we've done category league ones. And as I find the right um, slide to bring up, some of the names are similar. Spencer Dinwiddie's on there. He's better in points than categories, but I'm just really downtrodden with how his minutes are going. And you'll see a name there where you go, Josh, really? And yeah, I don't think you need to hold Walker Kessler in a points league. Walker Kessler is still doing enough in a category league, although that, might end up being debatable later. The blocks are there. The field goals are there. But they don't seem in any rush to pump him full of big minutes. And when we're talking points leagues, his value was nowhere near what it was in category leagues anyway. Even if he played 28 minutes, he wouldn't have been anyone that was a top 50 guy. And now we're talking about a guy that plays 21 minutes, sometimes under 20 minutes, 23 minutes. I mean, you could hold him, but what's your actual upside here with Kessler? Is it worth it? Probably not. So I think you can move. I've got Nas Reed there too. Reed is a perfect stream sort of a player, but that's really it. Like you can use him if Gobert is out or if Towns is out, but as an everyday guy that has to be held onto, I don't think it's required. I've got Bob Portis on that list we talked about already, and the other one there is Jaime Huckers. I would be inclined to hold Huckers in a category league, although I do think he will end up being a drop, but in a points league, his points league value is not high as it is. Now Jimmy Butler's back and Huckers is hurt. That, to me, does not add up to a guy that just has to be rostered. So again, when you're looking for situations, you don't have to move on. But if you've got that squeeze for a roster spot, or you want to take a flyer on someone out of the Siakam trade, or the Zubats injury, or whatever it is, or the Grizzlies scenario, well, you can maybe move on from some of these guys. And I'm not sure that your regret is going to be particularly high in that situation. Let's look at players who have been added the most over the last 48 hours hours, you won't be surprised to see the man at the top of this list, Greg Jackson Jr. Or sorry, Greg Jackson the second, GG. He is up 83% on our advanced metric at Basketball Monster. That's basically every league has added him over there. Um, fair enough. I think you're going to get dicked over at some point from it because the last two games have been great. Shooting 60% from three with like gigantic steals and blocks, which is just not really who he is. But I love the usage. I love the shot creation. I really like him as a player. And we should have added him. Absolutely, he's an addy. But I just, we've just got to be really cautious about what our expectations are here. Kevin Herter, up 39%. Cool. You'll see something very interesting later on. But that made sense because we added Herter to play Tuesday. I thought he delivered what he needed to deliver. He'll play again on Thursday. So you should hold him through that. And then you clearly jack him after Thursday's game. Isaiah Stewart's up 25%. There was something, and I, I don't know this yet. But there was footage of Danilo Gallinari practicing in Detroit wearing a blue jersey, and Detroit fans seem to think that that means that that is a starter's jersey. And if they start Danilo Gallinari, I, will, I, I have been clamoring for Isaiah Stewart not to be a starter. But if they replace him with Danilo Gallinari, well, I don't know what to think. The man can't move anymore. His shot is down. He's 35. Yeah, sure, theoretical spacing, but he doesn't do it anymore. So am I going to actually have to come out here and defend Isaiah Stewart? That sounds wrong. I don't mind people adding Isaiah Short. That is totally okay. I added him in industry pickup, I think. 
mainly because I was able to add him directly to IR before he returned and stash him there. And then I had him and he played a big game. I mean, that's fantastic. So I don't know what's going to happen when Boyan plays or if Gallinari cuts in here at all. Do they just play Stewart back up center minutes too and take Wiseman out? That would make sense if you want to be better. He's okay, isn't that? But I don't think it's going to be a permanent uh, great 12-team must situation. Got Larry Nance, one of the most added players. He was great last game. He's definitely a 14-team league ad. He's a 12-team maybe. I don't mind it. It's okay. We saw him put up a really good game. But if there's blowouts, he doesn't play. If there, if he gets hurt, he doesn't play, obviously. And sometimes he can be a low scorer with a few goals, steals, and some blocks that really help, which is a little bit of the, sort of the invisible stats. Deuce McBride. Deuce. I would say Juice. Um, Juice McBride up 5,000 ads on Yahoo. If Jalen Brunson is out, love that. Last two games from Juice have been fantastic. I just don't know if Brunson's going to be out. Because if Brunson plays, this man will play 13 minutes and it'll be a waste. And then Alec Burks up almost 5,000 ads. The, the, the man's killing it. He's top 80 over the last two weeks. There's no Cade. It's him and Ivy that I'm preferring over Killian Hayes. He is an ad. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. It might not stick. It, actually, it won't stick. But he's been awesome. And they're giving him minutes. And that seems to be, at the moment, working out. Get that garbage out of here. Who are the most dropped players in fantasy basketball now that we've looked at the most added? Number one on this list is Trace Jackson Davis. Barely played last game. I think he might have an opportunity later on. The Warriors, they're not playing today, so we're not going to see, obviously, with the tragic passing of their assistant coach. Um, horrible news. I don't know. if they'll. I assume they'll be ready for their next game, but I, I don't know. Um, but the Wiggins and Looney and Clay, all that combination doesn't work. But I don't want to worry about holding on to Trace waiting for it at this point. Mo Wagner was DNP'd last game by the Magic. He won't always be in DNP, but when there's a risk of DNPs, you drop. And then Ben Matherin is down 24%. Now, he hurt his ankle. He has been very underwhelming this season, but the absence of Bruce Brown might open some stuff up. Would it open him up to be an 18-point scorer with one rebound, one assist, zero steals on 40% shooting? Maybe. Is that good? No. That's like Jalen Green. So if you did drop Benedict Matherin because he was hurt and because he was ineffective... Fine. It makes sense. You didn't know that that trade was going to go down. I don't mind an add of Matherin. I would much prefer to add Heald in this scenario, but he could be on the move as well. Matherin just feels like a back-end guy who is very limited in his overall production. The three most dropped players on Yahoo, Norman Powell. Yep, cool. They don't play again until the weekend. I think I said Saturday, but I think it's actually Sunday that they play. Um, That's all he is. He's a streamer. And you will notice that on Basketball Monster, one of the most added players is Kevin Herter. And on Yahoo, the most dropped player or second most dropped player is, is Kevin Herter. People added him for Tuesday's game and then dropped him for Wednesday. I get it, but that's not a non-optimal way of playing fantasy because you could have held him for Tuesday and Thursday, got two games out of one ad. Now, unless you've got unlimited ads or you've got open roster spots on Wednesday, I get it. He's not worth a long-term hold. But him being dropped in that many spots after a solid enough game on Tuesday when the schedule suits them Thursday. And then, very easy drop after that. Just weird. And then Kelly Oubre, yeah, look, totally fine. I dropped him as well. In a league, he's doing nothing. He should have an opportunity, you would have thought, to have been better without Anthony Melton. But maybe Kelly Oubre, shocking thought, maybe Kelly Oubre is just Kelly Oubre and that is not always a good thing. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. You want tickets to events? Of course you do. 
Do you want it to be a pain in the ass to do it? No, you don't. Game Time is here to take the guesswork out of buying tickets. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is fast, easy, and you buy tickets to sport events, uh, music, comedy, theater, whatever it is, killer last minute deals, flash deals, all in pricing. The flash deals, they'll just chuck a notification on your phone. You go, hey, big fella, there's something going on in your local area and we've got them at a cheap price. You go, what's, what's actually happening, Game Time? So you click in, you have a look, and it tells you there's something going on an hour right now around the corner. Do you want to go? We've got discounted tickets. You go, mate, that sounds like a really good idea. And that's how you know you have no friends because you're interfacing and having a chat with a Game Time app. But if I was going to have a chat with any app, it would be Game Time. That's how good it is. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Okay, um, what do we need to look at now? The hot players. That's pretty cool. Kelly Oubre not on this list, unfortunately. Saw a TikTok today, the five most attractive players in the NBA. Two, uh, two guys. They put Devin Booker at number one. I was like, my guys, I'm so, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but you're so wildly wrong. Like, he's just not even close to the top, the best looking player in the NBA. Maybe I'll do it at one point. I'm sure all you guys would love me talking about the most attractive players in the NBA. But yeah, Devin Booker at one. Just, uh, yeah. It felt like um, disinformation. Let's talk hot players. Who are these guys are all top 100 over the last week? Alec Burks at the top of this list. We talked about him already. Larry Nance, we've already talked about him. There's value in these guys. Leaky Beasley was really strong last week. The return of Jay Crowder probably hurts a little bit there for Beasley, as does the terrible schedule. So I don't think he has to be held, but he's a perfect Norm Powell level stream guy. Uh, Christian Wood is top 100 over the last week. The Crucifix. I don't know that I find it sustainable in 20 minutes a night, but it's happening. So when you're looking for a stream guy, and the Lakers usually play on some pretty good days, he's there. And that's amazing. I didn't think he'd be able to do it in those limited minutes. I've got John Kaminga on there as well. He is more suited to points leagues. He had a 20 and 10 game in, off the bench in 29 minutes. Coming off the bench, do I trust him as a must roster guy? Not really. Not really, especially with Draymond back. But good numbers. Can't argue with that too much. And then Jeremy Sohan is also in the top 100 over the last week. I think he's been top 100 over the last two weeks, actually. And he's playing much better. I don't really believe that it's going to hold necessarily at this level, but it could. And the fact that his role feels relatively secure in terms of minutes, the fact that he's, he, I think he's shooting 38% from three this season. He's shooting 74 from the line as well for a guy that couldn't hit single shots there. Now, obviously, the passing stuff has not been great, but he's actually better at it. He's not a point guard, but he's better at what he's been doing. And I don't hate a Jeremy Sohan ad um, at this point. Injury replacements. Who are some guys that are getting a bit of a temporary bump due to some injured options? You'll see the big fella there that was on that little transition, Nick Richards, because Mark Williams remains out, and we just keep rolling big dick Nick out there. Is he a super high upside player? Nope. Nope, he's not. But he's a center who can give you field goals, rebounds, block, maybe eight to 10 points. It's useful. If you're going to froth over Mason Plumley, Nick Richards can be relatively similar. Not 100% the same, but relatively similar. And he's just widely available. He's a good until Williams comes back. We keep going. I'm going to put Daniel Tice on this list. I've already talked about Mason Plumley, but Tice actually had a better fantasy game last time out, mainly because of the free throws. But he blocked three shots as well. And there is a chance, and this is, again, I don't know that this is a fully tested theory, but if they want to play Russell Westbrook more, and I don't know that they do, they have to pair him with Tice and not Plumley. So if it's a game where they think that Westbrook's giving them a lot, I think that that means 
Tice just plays more and Plumlee plays less. I'm looking at Tice as a deeper league guy, but I wouldn't be shocked if he has 12-team stream value. I've got Pat Beverly on this list. That's more for deeper leagues. He's re- re- you're getting 26, 27 minutes replacing DeAnthony Melton. It can be some steals, a block maybe, some rebounds, assists. That's not going to be awesome, but think of like a small Larry Nance type of a player. Caleb Houston, while Franz Wagner is out. Chimera KK is starting there as well. Um, I like Houston's value more, a little bit more scoring. He can get a steal or two. Um, he can hit a lot of threes. I like him more than I like um, Chumer in that spot. I am going to throw this name on here just to get this name out here. Scotty Pippen. Yes, Scotty Pippen's a player who's a two-way guy for the Grizzlies. Who is Scotty Pippen Jr.? Well, he's Scotty Pippen Sr.'s son, clearly. And he's a point guard. He played for... Who did he play for? Villanova? He played for Villanova. Or Vanderbilt. He, he played for a V score. I can't remember anymore. But he's been with the Lakers G League system, which does develop players really well. And the... Grizzlies' point guard situation at the moment is Luke Kennard, not a point guard, Jacob Gilead, probably not an NBA player, and Scottie Pippen. If I'm in a 20-teamer, an 18-teamer, I'm adding Scott. I will be absolutely monitoring it in a 14-team league scenario. I don't think he will become a 12-teamer, but I cannot rule this out. I, I cannot rule him out being a 12-team league guy for a short-term option. With, all, with Rose out, with Canard as the point guard, with Gilead being Gilead, Pippen might have a shot here. And the other one there is Luke Canard, who I do think you add while yeah, Bain is out, which is going to be the rest of the season, but also while Rose is out. He's also shooting like 20% from three over the last two weeks. And we know that Luke Canard, someone said, man, did you really call Luke Canard the best shooter in the NBA? Like by percentages, he has been, yes. Yes, Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time and the difficulty of shots, all that sort of stuff. But Luke Kennard is actually the best percentage shooter over the last three years. That's what I meant by that. I should have clarified. I know Steph's better. Um, Bibbit, he's a really strong injury replacement guy there while Rose and, and Bain are out, um, especially. And lastly, what are some other names that we can talk about? Who can I throw in? Have you guessed the player that I um, dropped Spencer Dinwiddie for yet? He's on this list. Who are some other names? Chris Dunn. Lower upside player, but in 21 minutes, he is absolutely enough to be a 12-team league player. He gets steals, he gets blocks, he gets some assists. There's value in what Dunny does. And I don't think the Jazz are changing that anytime soon. I've also got Keontae George on this list because he is shooting better. He is scoring well. I think he's had 20 and 19 points in the last two games. I don't think that he's a must-roster player, but you know, Article 7. Get, ahead, get out ahead of it. You might want to get out ahead of Keontae George in a 14-team or at least. It's trending up. Andrew Nempard is on this list. I don't think I talked about him earlier, but he's starting at point guard. He might play minutes at the two. He's, I think he's worth having in 12-team leagues. Jonte Porter. He started last game, picked up a lot of fouls, played 10 seconds in the second half and didn't do anything. But the game before, he played 32 minutes. There's no Pirtle. There's no Siakam. Porter, I don't think he's much of a power forward. I think he'll play a lot of center here, but he could get some power forward minutes. And he does have a well-rounded fantasy game. You can be a points, rebounds, assists, blocks, player who sometimes can shoot a three. That's a really valuable player. He's quite different to Michael. So he's just someone to, well, I don't hate him as a 12-team stream. He's at least 14-team valuable in the short term. Trey Mann, I've got on this list, not because he's playing, because he's not, but I do believe Trey Mann is going to be traded somewhere. And I do believe that Trey Mann might have a chance. I could have put Kobe Bufkin's name on here as well. This is where we get into, hey, these are absolute long shot stash guys for a trade deadline. Not 12-team stashes. Don't get fooled. Don't think you need to do this. These are just names to maybe even mentally stash. Because I don't think Trey Mann's a very good player. But I do know that if he found himself onto a team 
that ended up with fake injuries, maybe somewhere, I don't know, maybe in Memphis. Who knows? Could he be the starting point guard, run 27 usage, average 24 points for three weeks with five assists and three threes? Yes. Would it lead to winning? No, you'd lose by 70. But he's a name to watch. He requested a trade, I believe, uh, back in the preseason, back in the offseason. And I do think he might be on the move. The last one is the player that I dropped Spencer Dinwiddie for. And you might say, you're joking, Josh. You added Marvin Bagley. And I did. Because Daniel Gafford is out with a head injury slash concussion. And the Wizards, their center rotation consists of Marvin Bagley. And that's it. Like, there's Anthony Gill, but come on. As much as I might bash Marvin Bagley, he's 100 times better than Anthony Gill. And Marvin Bagley might play 27 minutes. He might play 32 minutes. He might average 18 and 11 with a block on 60% shooting with zero assists, zero threes, and 60% from the line as well. But while Gafford is out, I'm in on Bagley. Now, Bagley is not a power forward. Don't get that twisted. I don't think he'll play at all with Gafford, but he's going to get center minutes here. And for the short term, I'm okay with it. Add him. Let's see what happens. They, they've been coy. I don't know if he's going to be available. If he's available, he's going to play a pretty sizable role, I believe, on that team and be very, very interesting as an option. More so points than categories, for sure, because he hurts you in a number of areas. But when you're talking head-to-head categories, just look at what he can bring. And imagine me extolling the virtues of Marvin Bagley for fantasy. What a time to be alive. And that is the end of the Waiver Wire show. Guys, you know what to do. You double bang. So you come across and you, if you haven't listened on the audio, you go do it. If you haven't watched on the YouTube, you come and do it. You thumb it up. You leave a comment. You ring a bell. You leave even more comments and your notifications. You know, everything. It's all here. We, we love everything that we can do. And I'm done. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya.